Hi, today is January 12th, 2024. My name is Juni, and welcome to the Theta Game Podcast. I'm not a financial advisor, and nothing I say is financial advice. I'm literally just a normal retail trader, just like you. I'm not certified or a graduate of finance, just a trader that started on Wall Street Bets years ago. I've lost a lot of money and made some of it back and more after finding a system that worked for me. I share my trades, system, and experiences all for free. Learn from my mistakes and use my experiences to help you rebound after buying one too many Tesla calls. You can view my trades all for free at datagang.com slash juni, no sign up required, and email me any questions that I'll answer on the podcast at juni at datagang.com. Lastly, I stream on Twitch every weekday at least an hour at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Come hang out, ask me questions, vent, or just chill. It's a positive environment and everyone is welcome at twitch.tv slash real game. Thank you and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Okay, first and foremost, I'd like to apologize for last week's episode having some mic feedback. Um, there's such something weird with my motherboard on my computer where if I plug my mic directly into one of the USB spots in the back of my computer, uh, I get that weird feedback. I think it's something with my power draw not being strong enough or one of my USB ports are shorted. It's one of those. Uh, but I've remedied the situation with plugging a USB port or dock into one of those ports and plugging my mic into that instead. So um, will that ruin my microphone? No idea. (laughs) But has it eliminated the feedback? Yes. (laughs) So uh, that's good and it will be like this going into the future. I'm gonna sort of speed run through uh, the earnings section for this week uh, because it just looks like it's a general trend uh, sort of action as as opposed to the specific company. Uh, But as far as banks go, uh, JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, and Bank of America are all trading down as they all, all three of them reported today on Friday. Um, And Dallas Airlines and United Airlines are also down today, though by a much more significant margin, uh, 9.72% down for United Airlines and Dallas uh, Airlines or Delta, I mean, uh, is down 7.97% today. So 8%, 9% down for airlines. Banks are down, you know, 1% or 2% today. Nothing crazy. Uh, but yeah, airlines and banks are down as of today's recording on Friday, January the 12th. All right. And next up, uh, just for news for this week, we have the CPI number uh, dropping or rather uh, it's actually rising. I guess I have the better way to say is CPI number uh, was released this week. Uh, inflation rose 0.3% as opposed to 0.2%. So that kind of spooked the market earlier this week because we know that if the inflation continues to rise like it has uh, just month to month right now, uh, that it is more likely that the Fed will not consider cutting rates just yet. So, you know, the market has been going up since like very late last year uh, because of the, you know, notion that the Fed might start cutting rates, which is good for stocks because that means bonds are less attractive and that bringing more risky money into the stock market again. Um, but if inflation is not looking tamed enough, then, you know, of course, cuts could be off the table. 
So we'll see how this sort of plays out. As far as the market goes for this week, I've seen just like a lot of ups and downs in both sides of the market. So retail going up and down and tech also going up and down. It seems very company to company specific this week. Like Apple has had its shares of downs and ups this week. Um, I'm looking at NVIDIA and AMD, lots of ups, some downs, but still some ups. Um, it's very hard to tell where the market's going to go right now. That's the that's the gut check that I'm sort of uh, reporting right now. Um, whereas maybe in the last few weeks, it definitely seemed like the market was only going up. But we've had some recent cool down now. This week, NVIDIA also hit an all-time high. In my notes, I have here it hit a all-time high of 539. But, you know, I just checked again. NVIDIA today, as of this recording, I'm recording this as the market is still open too. Right now, NVIDIA is $546. So congrats to NVIDIA holders. Congrats to me. Um, NVIDIA, definitely one of the star child's uh, stocks of the decade, I'm sure. Uh, still showing all-time high, so that's pretty cool. Uh, will it reverse? Will is will AI be seen as a hype later down the road? Can this be seen as an AI bubble just like the dot-com bubble? We'll see. Um, you know, trade like you want to trade for the rest of your life, not not try to moonshot, um, you know, a million dollars in one trade and you'll be fine. Uh, don't go all in. Try to be careful of putting your own biases in front of like realistic trades. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a tricky landscape. You know, you see that everyone's trading NVIDIA, everyone's trading AMD, and you're like, man, I should really get a piece of the pie. And um, if you go in with only that sort of uh, thesis or that sort of uh, you know outcome for yourself it's gonna be really hard to hold on to these stocks when they do in fact correct you know no stock goes up forever or just only up there are lots of stocks that have uh, shown that they could hit all-time highs like Nvidia but also have very large price swings we're talking like 60 80 hundred dollar price swings that have been actually fairly recent too so be careful you know joining in on stocks that have hit all-time high uh while they might have show some promise going to the future because people are agreeing that it should hit all-time high aka it's trading higher uh that it can still correct before it hits another all-time high so just be careful this week, uh, man, this feels like an eternity ago. The internet moved so fast. Um, this week, or rather this last weekend, um, Boeing, the emergency exit door flew off of an Alaska Airlines plane. It was a Boeing 737. Uh, Boeing, the following uh, trading session, opened down 8.3% and then fell a bit further um, than that over the course of the week. Uh, Alaska Airlines also gapped down at market open, but since then has recouped some of its losses fairly quickly. And uh, investors are definitely seeing this as a Boeing problem, not a Alaska Airlines problem. Layoffs, layoffs, layoffs. Uh, next, we have Unity. Uh, Unity Software uh, said on Monday that it would lay off about 1,800 employees or about 25% of its overall workforce as part of a corporate restructuring plan. You know, I'm seeing a lot more uh, layoff news happening. I think I just heard this morning that some, um, a lot of Google engineers are being laid off. Um, so now Google is being laid off or having layoffs. Unity is having layoffs. And I believe Twitch also has also just recently had another round of layoffs. So tech market still not doing so hot. Uh, but of course, this layoff news is good for 
the notion of you know having the Fed look at cutting rates sooner than later. Um, but we'll just see how this ends up actually playing out. The job market right now is still, I would say, like at a standstill. I have a few friends that are looking for jobs that haven't got jobs still um, since they've gotten laid off maybe back, uh, you know, fourth quarter last year, maybe like from October onwards. Um, you know, they're they're really capable people. Uh, just It just seems like it's very either competitive or um, the people are just aren't hiring right now. So... We'll just continue navigating this and seeing how this plays out too. And lastly on my notes, I have Intel. Uh, they said on Tuesday uh, it will launch automotive versions of its newest AI-enabled chips competing against Broadcom and NVIDIA. Intel also said it will acquire Silicon Mobility, a French startup that designs system-on-a-chip technology and software for controlling electric vehicle motor- motors and onboard charging systems. Intel also already has its first customer, a Chinese automaker named Seeger. So this news, of course, of bringing system-on-a-chip technology into the car means your car will act more and more like a personal computer. It's going to be able to be capable of doing a lot more things than just being a vehicle that you just sit in to get to your destination. Um, I personally don't like being in my car. Like I would rather just get to the place, be at the place, come back, and be at home. Um, so the, my drive is already great. Uh, but of course that could just be the boomer in me, like not wanting change. Um, but yeah, having more capabilities in your car from, you know, these chips are able to do more things that could fit within your car is going to be seen as a good thing. But I rue the day that my car has to finish a system software update before it can start. You know, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. There's just so many things happening right now with the AI space that you just want to sit back and watch what happens. But we're in it right now. It's almost like the internet starting over, or not starting over again, but rather we we get another boom similar to uh, the internet. You know, I feel like AI is just slowly taking over so many industries. Rather, taking over is not the right term here. It's it's definitely popping up in a lot of industries, and we're seeing a lot of really cool use cases for it you know and it doesn't have to be only for creative stuff like prompting chat gbt or you know uh autofill for like graphic design images or some sort of stuff like that it's it could also be used for like detecting anomalies and x-rays and lots of cool medical stuff as well it's like ai could be really really good for humanity in the long run too so we're also seeing good effects in that sort of uh, realm um, and it's not just like this hype that, you know, other industries that have recently popped up could be deemed to be like, I don't know, crypto gets a bad rep too, though it's not inherently bad by nature. But of course, there's a lot of bad things that come with it, just like really anything else similar to AI. But uh, AI, I think, just has a little bit more merit because just because of how impactful it is in all these different industries right now at this current moment. Some industries are more negatively impacted than others. I'd say for gaming and for creative, it's a little bit more on the negative side. But when it comes to, I don't know, just the possibilities of it helping things become more efficient in the future of, you know, automation and all that stuff. Of course, great for us in the long run. There's going to be some short-term to mid-term sort of friction with people potentially losing their jobs. But again, 
I think this is so interesting just because we're all experiencing it as a collective at the same time, you know? So when these laws start to pop up, when you got to vote to make uh, to make AI illegal or legal in some sort of cases, you got to vote. This is this is some sort of stuff that uh, that will last a lifetime. You know, these are the, these are the laws that will either make or break sort of humanity going forward. Imagine like uh, we all have to use the same AI model or something and then someone gets control of it and puts in their own opinion and trains their own model on their own opinion and then that gets trickled to everyone else and we have no other choice but to use that model because maybe Google is dead because they couldn't get Bard stood up and I don't know. There's just so many different pathways for this to play out but it's going to be fun watching it. Uh, next up, really quickly, uh, I want to talk about the ThetaGang.com website updates. Uh, the tracker can now select individual trades. So I previously did not have this as an option because it involved a lot of clicking. It involved a lot of manual work of clicking. I, to some people, you might be like, oh, what's the big deal about clicking? But, you know, uh, from an engineering side or a product side, you know that people are just inherently very lazy on the Internet. They don't want to do the clicking. But... You know, uh, I've gotten a lot of feedback. People want to do the clicking. People want to be able to track individual trades. And so that's now enabled and out. So if you haven't visited the thetagang.com tracker, you can go to thetagang.com slash tracker after creating an account, after inputting some trades, and you can track your cost basis through that way. Um, a lot of people might ask, why do you build the tracker when I could just view my cost basis inside my brokerage app? Your brokerage app doesn't actually keep track of your cost basis for you in regards to your covered calls, in regards to your hedges for your long calls or your long puts against your long position. Um, whereas if you input all your trades on thetagame.com and go to thetagame.com slash tracker, you can select the trades and you can see your cost basis with the premiums of your contracts included. So that it will keep track of all the gains you made in your covered calls. It'll keep track of all your hedges of maybe you bought puts while holding a large share position. And you'll see your real cost basis as you trickle down and attack that cost basis and getting it lower and lower. Your brokerage app will typically only ever track the cost basis of the shares that you bought. And that's it. It won't track uh, covered calls or your hedges because it doesn't know the context of that trade. Like it, it won't know that you bought this long put as a hedge for this cost basis. So the tracker solves a lot of those problems and uh, I'd love for you to go and check it out. I work really hard on it. It's one of the um, features of the website that I think can give the user uh, a lot of value when you first start. It, it shows you your cost basis and helps you pick your covered call strikes. It helps you manage your cost basis. Uh, and it, I think, honestly, it's better than keeping it in an Excel sheet. But that's up to you, of course. Um, I'm, <laughs> I might be a little bit biased because I built the thing. But, um, yeah, check it out if you want. It's for free at thetagang.com. All right. Uh, last but not least, I have my 5K account. Um, you know, I started this back on November 2nd of 2023 with $5,000. It is now at an all-time high of $6,075.42. So it is up about 21.49% since 
since I've started. Um, and, you know, I show my training process all free, everything at twitch.tv slash real theta gang. So if you want a place to hang out, you can go there at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Um, but yeah, just recently hit all time high again this week. Um, you know, it's also just really crazy because I had bought Crocs puts uh last week you know on last week's episode i mentioned that i went bearish on crocs because uh of my reasons in that episode uh and i wrote this entire document of why crocs you know could be at risk of going down further because you know it could potentially be missing two quarters in a row all this stuff but it also had a lot of benefits such as trading at a low multiple uh, it buys back shares very regularly it pays down its debt so crocs also seems like a good long-term play um, but last week I bought leaps, I bought leap puts on Crocs. Uh, and then the next trading session on Monday. So I bought the leap puts on Friday. Uh, and then on Monday open Crocs went up 20%. So that was really comedic. And, uh, you know, I was open to being wrong. You know, I have this entire document that I shared with the discord, um, a little bit embarrassing, but you know, I feel like I did my due diligence on it. Um, and it was a surprise announcement, like gonna be fair. Like it was just kind of nuts of what the timing was like. Cause I saw that there was a potential for them to miss. And I think they honestly saw the potential of someone else thinking that same thought. And I felt like they had to, you know, show face and let the people know early before their earnings, that they are actually fine. So I've, I'm i seeking some validation in that and I'm huffing some copium uh, from that. Uh, but yeah, Crocs went up 20% the next trading session or uh, the trading session before I had bought puts. So I closed those out for a loss and those are all recorded on uh, datagang.com slash juni5k and datagang.com slash juni. Again, I show all of my trades. Um, all my losses, all my wins, because what good is listening to someone on the internet if you don't know how often they lose or how often they win, right? So I closed those out for a loss, but you know, I have I had done all my due diligence on both sides. You know, I had a bullish case and a bearish case, but I ended up doing a bearish play. I liked what they announced um, with some of the like the record quarter, quarter stuff and you know record sales sort of mumbo jumbo and I think they're gonna actually report just fine uh, the next earnings report so the stock did go up twenty percent I don't think earnings will be anything uh, miraculous I don't think it's gonna go up another twenty percent or something but I did flip the switch here and I opened uh, some bullish plays. I op ended up opening a 100 share position that I did a buy right on, which means I sold the covered call right away. So I'm okay with just getting the sort of covered call premium. And then I also sold the uh, cash secured put. So I'm down to pick up another 100 shares of Crocs um, because I see Crocs as a, a fun position to play because my overall thesis on crocs is that it's a responsible company that has a lot of room to just go up especially if they work on their margins um they continue to work on their mar margins they have huge amount of margins they have a lot of uh cash flow 
Um, they have debt that they're working on, which is really nice, and they also buy back shares. The, the main thing about Crocs right now is they, they just don't have a lot of cash. They have a lot of cash flow, but they use that cash flow to pay down debt and buy back shares. So it's not something to be alarmed about, but like if there was something um, that impacted the cash flow, a.k.a. Uh, sort of having two declining quarters in a row, which I had thought, um, then it would be really bad. But Crocs came out with the announcement. They said they're fine. And, uh, yeah, there's just real no reason to be absolutely bearish right now. So I closed the uh, put leaps out for a loss, and then I'm currently on a gain on my more bullish positions on Crocs right now. But thought I'd report it on the podcast here because no matter how sure you might be on something, my instinct to have my position sizing in check really saved me from a really big loss. I think when people develop theses, uh, thesi, whatever the plural is for thesis, uh, when people come up with those, um, they might get too stuck on it. You know, you have to be willing to change your mind. And in, in that, a lot to do with how well you're effectively able to switch sides has to do with how well you're able to represent both sides of the argument. Um, I think, you know, when I was doing that write-up on Crocs, I did a really good job of recognizing the sort of pros of owning Crocs as uh as long as or as well as uh showing off the bearish case um so with an announcement like this i was able to just very fluently switch to the other side and then come up with like a a risk defined scenario for me uh going in uh and flipping the script on crocs um if you find that you're you find yourself trying to make a thesis for like say a bearish position on something or a bullish case on something you should try to find the best arguments for why someone else would take the other side uh, so that when it when some sort of report comes out, you're not just totally blindsided and you might go on tilt and you might say, oh, you know what? No, I'm correct because of these factors. And uh, you know what? I'm just going to double down on my puts and these will end up being okay. Um, and that's, I think, where the huge losses happen is when you start doubling down on something that you're wrong on. I was wrong on Crocs in the short term, um, but I had a lot of long-term bullish sort of key points that I laid out for myself, of course, like the their stock buybacks and debt repayment. And besides that, so I took the loss on Crocs. Um, I've also taken a gain on Crocs on my 5K account. I opened up a put credit spread when I ended up switching sides, and that has already closed for a profit of about 50%. So that was cool. Um, and then I ended up closing my Ulta put credit spread that I held on for 37 days. I didn't close it at 50%, um, but I didn't want to hold it over the weekend into the last week of expiration. Uh, it had flipped green just this week. Um, uh, so I ended up taking like a 18 or $20 gain on the position, uh, which was about, I think, like 20% gain uh, for holding it on for 37 days, which is a really, really long time. But I just thought about the scenario where if Ulto opened down next week, I would be pretty sad because, you know, holding on to a position this long, holding it into the final week where gamma risk is kind of high, uh, it would just it would just show that I was kind of greedy. 
and then I wanted more. I'll close out for a small gain if I'm getting near expiration, uh, especially if I don't have confidence in the stock uh, continuing to go up. Because right now, Ulta is in a bit of a short-term downtrend, though it has done a good job of bouncing off of 475. Um, but I've sold out of also my Ulta position on my main account. Uh, but I thought I'd reflect that also in my 5K account. And lastly, in my 5K account, I've also opened up a Square and PayPal call credit spreads. So as, as you know, last episode, I talked about expanding my trading pool and my trading strategies. And I've developed this uh, bearish watch list I have on my 5K uh, Robinhood account. And the only two stocks in this bearish watch list are PayPal and Square. I think they just have a lot of competition and a lot of huge uphill battle to go against Zelle. Um, when I sold my laptop uh, on, uh, uh, what is it, OfferUp, um, they, a lot of people are just looking for Zelle. No one wants to do uh, Cash App and no one wants to do uh, Venmo. It's all Zelle now, uh, it looks like. Uh, so from that recent experience, and I've done some due diligence there too about like PayPal and their stable coin um, and them trying to expand more on the Web3 community and stuff. It, it just seems like a reach right now. So I don't mind uh, having my first few call credit spreads I write for the 5K account be on these companies because, again, I do think they have an uphill battle. And I'm also going to make sure that these aren't the only plays I ever do, right? Like, I'm inherently bullish. I like doing put credit spreads uh, a lot more than I like to do call credit spreads. I don't necessarily like to bet on companies going down, but I think it was the week before last week, I realized there's a weakness in my 5K account. Um, it's right now trading at all-time high, but it did look kind of scary when I had like five or six trades open that were all red at the same time because they were all put credit spreads and they were all very bullish positions. So, you know, that started making me think, hey, maybe I should start writing call credit spreads and some short iron condors to balance out some of that long exposure that, you know, maybe I can find some companies I'm willing to write call credit spreads on so I can make money when the market's going up and down at the same time. And that's been working so far. Right now I'm up 38% on my square uh, call credit spread. I'm down $5 or AKA 5.95% on my PayPal call credit spread. Um, but it feels good. Like I like where I'm at in my positions, uh, my 5k account. I have a Costco short iron condor that's doing pretty good. Uh, and a Costco put credit spread that's also doing pretty good. Um, yeah, it's all it's all experimentation right now for the 5K account. You know, I've done spreads before in 2019 on my main account when my account was much smaller. Um, but it's been really fun being able to relate to some of the smaller accounts that are trading alongside me in the Twitch chat uh, because you know I don't I don't do spreads in the main account. I I'm a pretty big advocate for executing trades that net you a good return in the sort of long term uh, and just to sort of parse that or make that have make more sense when you have more money i i believe that you should take on bets where the max loss really it can be warped into a gain i mean i'm talking about like if you sell um i don't know a cash secured put on amd if you lose on that trade, you're just forced to buy AMD. And then you could 
essentially hold on to AMD for the rest of your life. Okay, this is a very extreme example. But you can hold on to AMD for like the rest of your life until it goes back up because you have a fundamental belief that the stock market will go up. Uh, and you'll eventually be fine because you have time on your side to be correct. However, if you have a smaller portfolio or a more volatile trading strategy that involves just, you know, selling spreads or buying spreads or buying, uh, you know, options, you're going to be in a scenario where when you lose, you lose money. When you lose, it's not like you have to buy shares and you're, you're able to hold on to those until they like sort of flip the other direction. When you lose on a play like this, like say, for example, a put credit spread or a call credit spread, you lose money. And I'm not a huge fan of losing money. I'm not a huge fan of this strategy, uh, like really at all. <laughs> I think it, I think it's fun. But if you have the capabilities to do cash secured puts and cover calls, uh, and you have a larger account, then I think that's better. Now, do I think that everyone in the world has to do cash secured puts? and cover calls to be successful? No, uh, but I do think it is much easier uh, to make a, a reliable or more reliable uh, source of income for yourself in the in the stock market as opposed to timing things with long puts or long calls or put credit spreads or call credit spreads. It's exhausting. You know, trading my 5K account um, is way more stressful than trading my uh, 325k account because my 325k account my main account that I also trade on twitch.tv slash real theta gang I have both of the tabs open my tasty trade account and my Robinhood account in my 325 account I can just write puts and I'll know that if I lose on these I'll, I'll be able to write cover calls and I'll be eventually okay um, like as far as that goes as well like my profit loss year to date on my five or on my 325k account is right now 9.4k i've made 9.4k in january so far uh and i think that this is less stressful by a mile than my 5k account which i'm only up let me see year to date i'm only up 0.57 percent year to date you know so like, let that just be a data point, you know, like, let that be a little bit of inspiration for you to, you know, eventually try to work your way up to a larger account size. Like, uh, because your trading style that you do when you have a small account will very much uh, influence how well you trade on a larger account. Uh, what works on a smaller account will might work on a, a larger account but i would say that's very rare you know so start you know thinking about what type of strategies that you want to do going forward uh when you do reach your goal because we want to assume that we we will reach our goals it might help you actually internalize that a little bit more and might make you stop doing um you know more risky plays because you might say like you know instead of spending this 300 dollars for this earnings play i could just not trade uh this $300 save the money and then you know eventually work up to that $10,000 amount or you know get yourself up to uh that 25k amount because you know that's where the pattern day trading rule comes off and you know everyone wants to be able to do that just for flexibility uh and then it becomes oh man I want to get this to 50k and then you try to get it to 100k cuz everyone wants six figs in their account um 
and your goals go off that way. But you have to start thinking about the long run and how you're going to realistically get there. If your plan right now on a small account is to make a moonshot to the moon and get to 100K that way, that's cool <laughs> and that's fun. That's definitely Wall Street bets material. But I'm really trying to prove that you could go really slowly and responsibly on a 5K account, which I'm already at 6K right now. And then we could, you know, trade like we're going to trade tomorrow and every day after that. We want to be as responsible as we can, learn and experiment, uh, you know, slowly, a little bit at a time, um, just to be a real life example that you don't need to risk all of it uh, every time you reload with a paycheck. Okay. You know, it sounds kind of weird if you've never heard of the term reloading your portfolio with a paycheck. It's probably because you've never heard of Wall Street Bets. And it's probably because you might have better trading habits than the other person. You might be a boring investor that only buys stocks occasionally but never touches them. You're great. You're on the right track. You're doing much better than a lot of people on the Internet that have lost tens of thousands of dollars on very volatile options. So also, just a reminder, max out your IRA. I think uh, I mentioned it. I think this was the last time I mentioned it. I don't want to sound like a broken record here. Uh, max out your IRA first before you start uh, investing into an individual account, you know, like your personal Robinhood account. Just make sure you max out your IRA first. It's going to give you a lot of confidence so that when you do lose your bag or you lose on a bad trading day, you'll always have your IRA or AKA your nest egg to keep you safe. And if you, this earlier you start, the much more you will have a lot more money by the time you retire than someone that started later than you. That's something that I wish I had started when I turned 18, but I was not financially savvy when I was 18. So the long, the younger you start, the better. If you if you if you've been maxing your IRA since you're 18 and you're like 30, you are happier than a camper. You're up bigly um, if you've done that since you're 18. But you know, it takes a lot to uh, max out when you're 18. Um, I'd say, you know, a lot of a lot of my um, fiance's cousins uh, get help from their parents. Like, you know, their parents will match whatever they put into the IRA. I think that's super cool. It's something that I would consider doing for my kids and all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, max out your IRA. Um, and if you want a, you know, a peer to trade along with i trade at twitch.tv slash real theta gang you can see my 5k portfolio and you can see my 325k portfolio both being traded kind of at the same time i kind of switch tabs back and forth just looking at the market in the morning saying hi good morning to everyone that's in twitch chat and uh yeah i want to thank everyone for uh tuning in to today's podcast episode and uh yeah we'll go into the outro so if you need to take off take off but we'll go into the outro now This podcast, the website, and stream are all made possible because of my patrons at patreon.com slash thetagang. Signing up helps keep the services up and alive as well as pay my own personal bills. I do the podcast, website, and stream full-time as my primary source of income. I feel grateful to be able to do this full-time and my focus on providing the best possible service for free. The podcast, website, and stream are all for free and it will stay that way. Signing up for Patreon gives you a few perks, so check it out again at patreon.com slash thetagang if you're interested in helping support. All right, uh, time to give a shout-out to my patrons here. That's Young Rich, Y-Teen, 
uh, Vegeta Plank, Upstream Puddle, Turbo Ricky, The Jester, Tekko Me Elmo, Sumatrix, uh, Statistically Random, Slow Motion, Rustier, Rooster, Ensis88, North Brizzle, Nala, Mr. Integrity, Mods, Memememem, McFly, Maltman, 1856, Major, Maestro XC, Los Pepes, Lord Skeletor, KJ Martin, King Swift 6, uh, Kevlar 22, Kaput, K21, Butler, J Perkins 86, Ground Pound 95, Fancy Wolf, Espresso Bean, EDC, Danube 9000, Danghai, Chicken Dinner, Caveman, Kamek Money, IRL, Bearded Savage, Banadushi, uh, Avrilian, Arfman, Andy V, and Alexander Kerm. A huge shout out to everyone that signed up just recently, um, but also shout out to everyone that's uh, signed up uh, just since day one it means a lot uh be able to do this full time um and we're seeing a lot more signups as of recent whenever i open a spot uh people are signing up maybe like the day of so if you go to patreon.com and the seats are full just know that i open up like one or two spots every month and uh, i'm just choosing to have growth uh be a little slow just for right now so i can work on you know upgrading the quality of the discord and the website and the podcast and stream all this stuff that i'm trying to focus on um i don't want to grow too fast and have things start to f- uh, fall off um but rather grow slow bring in quality people that help the community be like a the positive atmosphere like it is right now um and uh yeah just know that the rate of the growth is a lot too i think the people that are in discord right now are kind of shocked with how many people are joining so quickly but um yeah we're growing and it's really exciting and i'm i'm very excited for what's coming for like the the rest of 2024 so again today's a short shorter podcast just because i go in and start uh start my day off doing some other website related things but um yeah gotta go i'll see everybody next week bye-bye